Welcome back to the Five Piece Podcast, where we discuss all things purpose, productivity, possibilities, prayer, and pressure. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so thrilled you decided to listen in. You're going to love today's episode. During today's episode, I chat with Dr. Blair Chance, a family medicine doctor. She shares her journey to becoming a medical doctor and the importance of prayer in her life. The interview with Dr. Chance is a two-part episode, so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you can catch part two of this conversation along with all future episodes. Now, let's jump into today's conversation. So welcome back to another episode of the 5Ps podcast. I'm really excited about today's conversation. I have Dr. Blair Chance here with me today, and we're going to dive into her journey to becoming a doctor and some of those pivotal moments in her life that have helped her become the person she is today. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Chance. Thank you. Ms. welcome for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, so with that, I want to go ahead and just dive right into the conversation. And I, I'm going to ask you, who are you? Um, my name is Dr. Blair Chance. I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I currently live in Huntsville, Alabama. And I am a woman of God first. Um, I am a believer as well as a healthcare provider and a, uh, a mentor. So that's who I am. I love it. And I love that you started out with the fact that you are a woman of God, because yes, here on the podcast, we talk about our God given purpose and we really are pursuing God as we go throughout life. And we know we have careers and all of these other endeavors, but ultimately our goal is to be pleasing to the father. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So as you guys know, this season is all about the journey to becoming. So I want to know, what was your journey to becoming a doctor? What did that look like? So it wasn't easy. And honestly, um, because it's a, a faith podcast, I can really hone in into the spiritual aspect of things. And it was now I know that it's a calling. So, you know, <clears throat> as a child, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, you ne- never really think of it as, you know, what is your God-given purpose? So um, I had an uncle who ended up dying of cancer. What type? I'm not really sure. Um, but after Sundays at church, I felt like we were always going to the hospital for something, you know, to take a fruit basket or just to see, you know, a, a, a church mother or, or a friend of the family. And I used to always be intrigued in, you know, being in Cincinnati, you know, they had these huge hospitals and getting lost and not just really understanding what was going on. And I really, in seventh grade, I really fell in love with biology. Um, And that was my favorite subject. And, you know, I had a really good seventh grade science teacher and she said, you know, these are the careers that you can go into with biology and looked at marine marine biology. And I also looked at uh, into healthcare. So that's kind of like when my interest peaked in also going to the hospital and seeing my uncle. Um, around that time in middle school, I was discouraged from going into medicine because, um, I, I think I wrote like a little summary paragraph and my seventh grade literature teacher, English teacher, you know, kind of laughed at me and said, you're not going to be a doctor. Um, because to be honest with you, I did have some behavioral problems at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I was always intelligent. 
I was always intelligent. So it's just like, hey, you know, here's this little troublemaker. You know, how in the world she's going to be a doctor? And that kind of just stuck with me. And she said, hey, you might want to consider being a hairstylist or something like that. But moving forward, I always had good grades. And when I went to college, I was interested in nursing. Um, and when I, I think I made of like the first two weeks of nursing, and then I found out that wasn't for me. So I went ahead and enrolled into biology. And, you know, I always had good grades and went throughout college. And then I applied for the MCAT and not really having any um, role models or, or anyone to mentor me. I'd um, end up having to take the MCAT twice because I didn't study for it because I was so good in school that I didn't have to really study for my exams. You know, I would, you know, just glance through the notes. Um, but I just always knew I just wanted to be a doctor. Um, and not until residency, um, I did my intern year at the University of Alabama in the family medicine program. And not that I get into residency, that I really understand what my true calling was as a physician. Um, and not until I went to the University of South Carolina for my master's in public health prevention, uh, with preventive medicine that I really understand how being a doctor is a ministry and actually going into primary care here in Huntsville that I really see that, okay, being a doctor is when you can actually literally lay hands on people physically, but as well as spiritually, like you have to get a gauge of uh, a sense of your patient, but I have prayed with my patients, you know, with permission, of course, I have had the opportunity to, to speak life, you know? So, <clears throat> you know, Ms. Walker, I know that you're in, um, in healthcare. I know they try to, to make time constraints with, each patient, but if you probably spend just a, a couple more minutes to kind of really dive in to see how the patient is, that's when you can try to, you know, see, um, get an avenue to see that, hey, get a gauge and say, okay, can I pray with this patient or can I just take an opportunity just to speak life? You know, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So if someone say, oh, I'm going to die, no, you're not. That's corrupt words. You know, that's, so that's, that's ministry right there um, in terms of, you know, trying to redirect and to be a ministry. And also, um, as far as being a community leader, um, in the community, because, you know, as, as a, as a Christian woman, people know Christ by your lifestyle or how, or how you operate. Right. So right. being a physician is also people are going to look and see, okay, is my doctor being physically fit? Is my, um, doctor implementing good health? So, that's how kind of like me being a physician has transitioned and, and, and evolved is that understanding the politics, the community, your patient type and spending time with them to be able to be effective, to be able to really um, walk into your calling and also just praying for your patients. And I will say this, we can move on to the next question is, is that when I'm talking to the patients, a lot of times I, I, I fast a set number of times throughout the week. And I'm fasting, not just because of, oh, I need to hear a random word. It's just, I'm fasting and interceding on behalf of my patients because I don't know everything. Right. So when I'm in the room talking to the patient, it's like, Lord, what is it that I need to do for this individual? You know? And literally like the Holy Spirit will talk to me and say, hey, it's this, or you need to do this, you know? And then a lot of times, sometimes patients may come back and give feedback, but you know, sometimes they'll say, hey, you know, Dr. Chance, thank you. Thank you for that. So hopefully I answered your question about, you know, my journey into, into medicine. You did. 
And <laughs> as you started to speak, so guys, before we hopped onto the recording, we had a very rich conversation. But as you started to speak, you know who I thought about? Luke. Luke. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so when you think about the balance of career and purpose, like it all fuses together. So that's amazing. And having a praying doctor, someone that you connect with spiritually, guys, I think that's priceless because, again, this is a faith podcast. So we know that healing can come in a number of ways, but having a physician who's a believer, who's praying for you, fasting for you, interceding for you, that's that's something that um should not be taken lightly so i'm really excited to to hear that so fusing that and even going back to luke the physician um who let me just say luke is one of my favorite books of the bible um <laughs> behind all of paul's writings i will say luke is probably the the uh, one of my favorites out of the matthew mark luke um and it's because he was so detailed and methodical in his writing um, and his depictions of the life of Jesus. So it makes me think about the balance of career, the balance of um, purpose and the pursuit of Christ. How do you balance those two in your daily profession? <clears throat> That's a great question because, you know, you can't walk around with a bottle of oil, you know, speaking in tongues and <laughs> you, know, you can't you can't do that because that's not one. You're going to scare people Two, That's not very <laughs> professional. You know, there's a time and place. There's time and there's time and place for everything. Correct. Right. So really what you do is, is that it really goes back to, you know, just being a believer and letting God, letting your light shine. And what that means is walking in well we have masks but walking in with the smile on your well it first off starts with your day saying good morning to your staff you know hey how are you doing treating people with respect you know and it goes back to and I'm not perfect it goes back to how do you handle conflict how do you handle um problems are you slamming stethoscopes down cursing folk out throwing things you know or are you uh are you raising your voice or are you um talking more mild-mannered and I think that it goes back to the staff first because how you deal with your staff it's going to matriculate into how your how your patients feel you know so if your receptionist is upset you know pop you know then they are almost I, I call my receptionist my usher because uh she's the first person that you see when you come into the office before you even get to me you know so treating your front office staff with respect you know just kind of um, making sure that you say, Hey, you know, make sure you have, you know, a smile, make sure we, we we're being timely. We're doing things of that sort. And then make sure that your, uh, nursing staff are appropriate. They handle people with care. And by the time it's, um, and by the time you get into the room, the atmosphere has almost been set. So you can parallel that to church to say that, okay, you know, your experience starts in the parking lot you know, with the usher, with being the receptionist, with the, let's just say the praise team being your nurses. And by the time when a preacher gets up, the mood has already been set, you know what I mean? For you to receive. And I feel like that's almost kind of a, a perfect analogy, you know, with my office, you know, to say that, hey, by the time I get into the room, you know, I should hear, oh, my, the front desk was so nice. Or, you know, the, um, the receptionist was really, or excuse me, the, the nurse was nice. And so when I go in now, the foundation has been laid for me to to do ministry and again 
I get a sense. So if someone, I, I look for keywords, you know, mm-hmm. and I, or I, I just try to get some more information to say, okay, hey, you know, where are you from? Tell me a little bit about yourself. And then, you know, if I hear, you know, certain certain things or you know sometimes people throw out presidents or sometimes people throw out their opinions and then I know okay I, I need to back back a little bit but in the same time I'm not gonna lie to you I'm not in there just praying the entire time but I would have done that the night before or you know you know prayer is a lifestyle but you know you gotta pray right. without ceasing but sometimes if I'm literally stuck like the Holy Spirit like what what do I do you know what do I do and then once I get a census or a basis. Sometimes I just kind of reach out on faith. I said, well, you know, well, you know, um, if it's a mental health case, if someone comes in in depression and things like that, I'll say, you know, hey, um, you know, diet, exercise, talk to friends and family, you know, maybe talk to, you know, like a community leader, like a pastor, you know, so then I'll throw things out there. And so I'll see how they, how they bite. And if they bite mm-hmm. and say, oh, you know, yeah, you know, I, 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 my pastor is this, then, okay, that's an opportunity to maybe not at that visit, but maybe to make a note in the chart and say, Hey, maybe you consider, you know, saying something to say, Hey, do you mind if I pray, you know, that you're, you're going to let me know first before I actually put myself out there. But then also it's just like, just being kind. And one, one of the things that my patients tell me is, is that you listen. So you're doing ministry just be by even listening, just standing there having that attitude and not cutting people off, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. could you not, I had one lady come in, she said, oh, this was just such a great visit. And could you not, I was just standing there typing. <laughs> and she just, she got her own deliverance and breakthrough. <laughs> I said, well, praise God. <laughs> Listen, but you know, communication, a lot of times people feel like getting information and, you know, spewing things out. That's the only way to share, but communication is two ways. So I can see how being able to just stop and not say anything because, you know, Jesus did that as well. <laughs> he let everyone around him talk, <laughs> kind of figure things out on the, uh, you know, on their own. Um, that's, that's so rich. Um, I also love how you call your front office staff your your ushers. Um, <laughs> it, it really you're not in this journey by yourself, and um, you being able to set the tone it helps for them to have a level of peace and to walk in love and to walk in kindness, so that everyone that comes into it and people know when the atmosphere is different that's anywhere you go when you step into a person's home you step into their business place like you like you mentioned um you go into a restaurant you can tell when people are not at a place of peace and one of the things that I started to write in my journal last year was it's hard to give people something you don't have so if you don't have peace it's kind of hard to come in and people say like oh be at peace and I can only imagine being in the healthcare field where you are seeing people from all walks of life, how that if you didn't have that foundation of peace and prayer, how based on, you know, everyone coming in, you would take to their spirits and react in the same manner that they're reacting. So I absolutely love how you're balancing all of those things. Yes, ma'am. And I think that I think it really goes back to prayer because re- realistically, you know, like I said, you can't the kickstart a Honda and Shamaka. You can't be doing that stuff at work, <laughs> but it really, but it really starts at home. You know, it mm-hmm. really starts at home. Like pray, pray for your coworkers, pray for your friends as well as your enemies, right? Pray for your, pray for your receptionist, pray for, 
your your the insurance company, you know, pray, pray <laughs> because what happens is that you, you know you set the atmosphere and God will go before you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like a lot of the the work that I do is really at home. It's on my knees. It's preparing the day before, you know, and then that way you go in and it's just like God has really already. Like I said, you know, God has really already set the atmosphere for for what is to to do it. Because I have had situations where, you know, people didn't have a good experience. And, and by the time I get into the office or get into the room, you know, they're already jaded. And there's not really much you can do outside of that point. So. Right. But I think, uh, you know, uh, just taking time to listen to the patient, I think that's really important. If you just take the time to listen, you know, and it, it takes a skill. And I'm still learning that skill to try to redirect. Um, and then just finding that opportunity to, and really listening and reading the patient, just reading the room. And then you're able to see, you know, I don't pray with everybody, <laughs> you know, but just <laughs> looking for, looking for cues, you know, to say that, okay, this is how we're going to move forward. But that's, I think that's an appropriate balance. So to answer your question, really a lot of the, the prayer in needs to go before you even walk is not from eight to five, but it's probably from. 7.59 or from 5.50, uh, 6 p.m. that night when you get off to, you know, 8 a.m. that next morning. Mm, that's rich. So now I'm going to go off script for a second because I think understanding how you got to this place of prayer is also important. So looking back over your life, what moments have been pivotal to you and have led you to understand the value of prayer? Ah, so I was in residency uh, at the University of Alabama um, in Tuscaloosa, and my dad's a pastor, grew up in church, and I was really relying on the whole ritual of of God, or the whole ritual of church, even, and my prayer life is not where it needs to be, but I really understood the power of prayer in residency, because I was in... um, walmart and this guy comes up to me i was in the media section in the back of the store and he's it was at the time it was spooky but now i understand it was an angel be be careful how you entertain strangers because you could be entertaining an angel and he comes up to me and he says do you you know do you believe in prayer i said yes you know do you speak in tongues i said yes you know do you believe in a heavy language i said yes and he said you need to start doing that and i didn't take heed at the time but kid you not, maybe about a month, I don't know, but it was even a month, maybe about a month later, that's when all hell broke loose. And that was a pivotal uh, time in my medical career where um, I was having some issues in residency and it was really a spiritual thing. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but I mm-hmm. end up transitioning to a different residency. And uh while all that was going on, it was a time to really to, to fast and, and, and to intercede and to prayer and to pray. And if I had developed my prayer life like I should have, what really pretty much just like, you know, God giving me not a warning, but just saying, hey, you need to do this. I think I could have avoided some of the things that I went through. Um, but, you know, like kind of with Joseph from the pit to the palace, I had to God already had a plan for me, but he was like, I need you to go through a couple of things before I can get you to where I need you to be. 
so to answer your question is, is that when I was in residency about like 2016, 2017, I didn't pray like I should have. There were some things that happened. And when I started to pick my prayer life back up, that's when I saw kind of things do a 180 and I was on the right track. But I view that as a, a Joseph experience where I knew what my calling was. Some people didn't like it. They threw me in the pit. But mm-hmm. now, because you know things didn't necessarily work out at that particular time, now I'm back in Alabama. And I'm not saying I'm in a palace, but now I'm doing what I knew I was called to do in the first place. And, right. you know, he will make, uh, 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 he'll give you a seat. Uh, I don't, I don't, don't want to misquote this, but uh, he'll, he'll make, uh, it's a, he'll prepare a table. Before, there it is. He'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Your enemies. Mm-hmm. So your enemies, your footstool too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your footstool. So I said all that to say is, is that, Unfortunately, God will sometimes knock us on our on our tush for us to get our attention so we can pray, so he can make sure that we go into the purpose that God has for us. So I don't know if I answered that question, but um, that's that's pretty much that was a pivotal point where in my life in residency where I really the Lord sent an angel in Walmart to say, hey, you need to pray. I didn't pray. There were some things that happened that kind of redirected my career for a little bit. Um, but then. I got my prayer life together and now I'm back on track. I think that's a lesson to a lot of us and a lot of people can resonate with that where it took those difficult moments for us to get into a place of prayer. So it makes me want to ask you another question, right? So you Correct. got to a place of prayer and you are a a professional, busy, right? And a lot of times when we get to the place that God has promised us, Sometimes we forget to maintain the thing that got us where we are today. So what do you do to maintain your prayer life? Really, it's about the company that you keep, to be honest. Um, It's the company that you keep. And depending on how severe your pit was, you don't want to go back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, seriously, depending on how severe your pit was, you know what it's like to you know, be without food, you know what it's like to not have a job, you know what it's like to have nothing. And and I, I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to go back there, you know? So it's just like, at any point, God can yank anything from you at any point, mm-hmm. you know? You can have all this money in your 401k plan, but if the market crashes, which is tied to the market, there's nothing there. You know, and if you're not 65, you can't pull it out. You can't pull it out or you'd be seriously taxed on it. You know, you can have a job and yes, you have a contract, but depending on the state that you live in, they can, they can fire you at any point, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's really just having a sense of awareness to say that nothing is promised. You know, there's a, um, a physician here out in the Huntsville, I think Meridianville, Hazel Grant area who just retired and just died in a car crash. You know, so there's nothing, there's nothing. He just retired and died, you know? So when you, and I don't know if this this is not Bible, but when you think, you think. So when you, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that Uh he's done, (laughs) you know, 
my soul cries out, hallelujah, thank God for saving me. You know, and you know, you grow up in church and you, you hear all these, when I think, you know, you hear all these scriptures, but when you get older and you've been through some things, that's when you, you kind of look and say, God, I thank you. God, I thank you that I can go into my refrigerator and there's food in there. God, I thank you that, you know, if your car is broken down on you a couple of times and now, yes, you're driving a, a luxury car, but God, I thank you that my, I got gas in my car. God, I thank you that I'm not on the side of the street because all of these things have happened to me while I had doctor in front of my name. You mm -hmm. know, I've been on the side of the road. I've been hungry. You know, I've been, you know, I've been, I've been in some situations. So when I, when I go back and look, or when I go back and think, Lord, Lord I thank you. And when I, and here's the thing, God is funny and depending on the relationship that you have with him, you know, you can get pumped up if you want to, and you can get an email, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, something small, something small about, Hey, you know, uh, you know, Hey, you need to finish this chart or something like that, you know, or Hey, or what they do do is, is that they do quality measures. And we, we had a conversation about this before the recording is that, Hey, you know, this is where you stand compared to other doctors. That's a humbling point as well. You know, so you can get all pumped up, poofed up if you want. And then you look and say, okay, this is what other doctors are doing. And this is where you stand. So you, st you still have some more work to do. Listen, we, I think everything you just detailed out is so good. It's so rich when you think you think, oh my goodness, I must use that. And um, <laughs> the humbling experiences, I think they're so true and I think many of the listening, um, the the listeners can resonate with what you were saying about growing up in church and you know what you're supposed to be doing, right? But it isn't until you have a pit moment where you know that you were in the pit and you know that it was nobody but the hand of God that was able to help you get from the pit back to the promise. And it helps yeah. connect you in a way that's not based on your parents' salvation. It's based on your personal relationship with God. And that's transformative. So that you, it, it becomes real to you. It becomes alive to you. Um, so with that, if you had to look back um, to your teenage self or even to your five-year-old self, what's some advice you would give to yourself to make sure that you, you didn't make any mistakes or you, you stayed focused on the things you should have stayed focused on? What would you say to yourself? You know, when people ask me this question, <laughs> it's almost, you know, I don't have any five-step plan or anything like that. I wouldn't change anything. And the reason why I say that is because it's all the part of your development and your testimony. Because um, sometimes you have to go through things so you can become the individual that you are today. I'm talking to, to you right now because of the things that I went through, you know, mm. and um if I had to give, say anything to my five-year-old self or 15-year-old self, I would just say, stay in the word, stay, stay connected to God, you know, because he will never leave you. He will never forsake you, you know, and God's word stands. It doesn't change. And one of the things that I can say is, is that I had that, I had a great foundation growing up. I, I can't, thank my parents enough for, for taking me to church pretty much every day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably with the exception of Mondays but you know it's just to really quote the scripture quote the word um stay close to God because God will never fail you because you know you might not see what God is doing now but he will prove himself over a period of time and 
how can I say this? Establish your prayer life early. Because when you pray, I feel like we could have just avoided a lot of the detours in our life, you know, because you God will give you a spirit of discernment, you know, mm-hmm. hey, stay away from that individual, go left, go right. But God is a sovereign God that he will, you know, eventually bring you back in. But I think that's what I would say to my, to my younger self is that to develop a prayer life, you know, because you know, literally you are like a, um, a person and God is like, you're in the car and God is the GPS. And, and I will say this is that, uh, I have to give the credit to Bishop Jakes. He was, I was listening to him one time and he said, you know, when you're in the car driving and you're on the right path, the GPS is not going to say anything. That wrecked my world. He said, mm. If I mean, and think of it, you're on a long journey. Let's say, for instance, stay straight for 300 miles. Let's say you're driving cross country. You're not going to hear that GPS, GPS say anything for 300 miles. And a lot of times we get discouraged. We get upset. We get we get upset. But the thing, the, the moment we, we turn around, do a detour, make a left, make a right, and continue back on the right path. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's like, if you're not hearing anything from God, that means you might be on the right path. Whoa! I need to um, check out that to to check out that sermon. That's a good one, (laughs) a very good analogy. Right, you know. So, and then when it's time for you to make a move, you know, God will let you know. You know, make a left, make a right. And then when 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 Bishop Jakes, I had to give him the credit when Bishop Jakes made that analogy to you know God being the GPS, you know, and if you if you turn around, you go in the opposite direction, and we all know this, the GPS is going to. Doo-doo, ding-doo, make a left, make a right. <laughs> and also just heed to those mornings as well. You know, you know, it go it goes to health. Your body gives you signs of, hey, we're going in the wrong direction. You know, arthritis pain, heartburn, you know, when your thighs are rubbing together. Those are warning signs. Heed to those warning signs. And the same thing happens in the spiritual. You know, you feel an uneasiness, you feel an unrest or mm, something's not right. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit telling you that something's not right. All right. Yep. Yep. It is. So, so, so heed to those things. So I, I guess to sum it all together, I would say establish a prayer life early. Have the spirit of this so you can obtain the spirit of discernment and heed to what the spirit is telling you so you can avoid those pit traps and those falls hope you enjoyed part one of the conversation with Dr. Chance. I know I did. In part two, she continues sharing out more about what's ahead for her, along with those pivotal moments that have been important to her throughout her life. Don't miss it, guys. Before we get off of here, let's go ahead and do our church announcements. The first church announcement is, if you guys are not registered for the Bridge 2022, what are you doing? Stop right now and register There will be a link in the show card. Go over to our Instagram page. There are links there. Or just go to Eventbrite and search for the Bridge 2022 for leaders and entrepreneurs and sign up. I can't wait to see your shiny face at the bridge. And our second announcement is for unique treats. If you don't have a unique treats mug or something in your closet from the brand, Go over to the site today, shop the catalog, grab something. I'm sure you will find something that you love. 
Our third announcement is for our group coaching. We're coming up on our September coaching session. So if you haven't signed up for group coaching, sign up today. We have really great conversations and we share out tips that will help to transform your business. You guys need to check it out. Last but not least, if you guys are not connected with us in our LinkedIn group, it's a private group called Curated Connections. In that group, we share out details, again, about how to take yourself to the next level, um, whether it be your job, your business endeavors, or just your perspective in life. It's a private group, so join it, guys. Everyone there is cool. I promise. I'm there. (laughs) Okay, that's it, guys. I look forward to getting your feedback so make sure you are subscribed to the podcast make sure you follow the podcast on instagram make sure you share it out with everyone you know you know we are here to know grow and glow together and i'm serious about that we will do great things together so with that guys take care i look forward to being in touch bye